0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Strike, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast with a British twist. I'm your host, Paul, and as usual, uh, normally there'd be two, three, four of us recording at the same time, but um, sadly this time we weren't all available at the same time. So we've had to make kind of a compromise. Craig is on shifts um, to pay for his trip to Disney in August, Josh is doing his exams, I've been at conventions, and I think Tony was really the only one that was available at any given time at the moment, he's not due to go to a convention until this week, Um, we're going to talk more about that on the next episode. This was originally meant to be our Roundtable Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 review, as I said, we're not all available at the same time, so we've made a compromise, we're all recording separately Um, sadly Josh hasn't had time because of his exams to actually see the film so we're not going to speak to Josh this time Um, so myself, Tony, Craig we've all done our own reviews well this is mine Um, but I've already got Craig's and Tony's I've not actually listened to them so I don't know if anything is going to come up the same As previously, but I'm going to go first anyway. So, so I'm going to put a disclaimer right at the start of this. I wasn't a huge fan of the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I know that might be a shock. Um, I've mentioned it on on Dad a couple of times. I've mentioned it on Strike. I'm sure. Um, It just didn't sit alongside the other. Marvel films for me, it was it was something completely different, and I'm sure that's why a lot of people liked it. Um, don't get me wrong, I like the characters for, for the most part. I like the characters. I'm not a, a huge fan of Drax. I think the uh, not understanding shtick gets a bit boring at times. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of of the writing for Gamora, and and I'll go into that more with this with volume two because I don't think it's improved particularly. Um, as the, the meant to be the strong female lead of the film, um, I actually find that Karen Gillen's Nebula is actually a better character, a better written character, a more rounded character. Um, and yeah, I, I would rank the Guardians, kind of, the first volume sitting just above the likes of Iron Man 2, Thor The Dark World. I don't I don't rank it much higher than that. I have to be honest. Um, don't get me wrong. I've, I liked I liked the characters. I just the story didn't stick with me. Um, and as I said, it just it it felt out of tone with the rest of the Marvel films for me. Um, and I'm sure James Gunn's still learning. He he was very much an independent film director before that. Um, so to take on a big big project within the Marvel universe can't blame him so so moving on to the second volume uh i rank it a lot higher than the first one i have to be honest i found it was less comedic would be the word i'm i'm probably looking for um there was obviously still the rocket and groot stuff that's still very funny um but they should be They're the sort of characters that I feel should be. Whereas Drax... Drax the... His his name is Drax the Destroyer. Um, And I just find it a bit... It's a bit old hat. um, Making this big strong... Guy. Alien. um, The funny one. So... But there's less of it in this film I think. There's still some very standout moments. Like the, the bits that we've seen in the trailers. When new character Mantis gets hit on the back of the head with something. He laughs, or or tries to warn her and then makes laugh, though that cut didn't actually make it into the film. Um, There's also, obviously, the scene where he's talking to Peter about being a dancer and that uh, Gamora isn't, and that he tells him he needs to find someone as foolish as he is. Um, And also, obviously, the moment when Peter... Well, when Mantis explains that Peter's in love with um, Gamora, um, but there's definitely less of it. And for me, and there's the scene within the the opening credits um, of him stabbing the alien from the inside, the extra dimensional alien, should I say? Um, and there's, but there's definitely less of it. And I I enjoyed that quite a lot more. I have to say, um, I also felt the story itself was better. I actually liked that it, it felt like it had some resonance, the family aspect of it. Um, I thought it was great. The, the fact that Laura Haddock came back as Peter's mum, I thought was wonderful. Um, a nice bit of um, continuity, I think, was was needed in this situation. With it being about Peter and his father, I definitely think that you needed that continuity in there of having his mother back. and. And overall, I quite liked that that father story, that father son story. What I will say is, I didn't particularly like the portrayal of the character of Ego. Um, don't get me wrong; he's a great actor and has has been going for for many many years and will keep on going. Um, I just uh, it's another one of those failures when it comes to the villain within Marvel films. Um, for me. We've seen it. There's only been a few, few great villains so far, and weirdly, most of them have come from the TV side of things, as we've discussed before. We've liked the the villains from from Iron Fist, from Daredevil, other than lecture in Daredevil, I would say. But Kingpin, we thought was great. The hand themselves have been great. I like loved D- David Wenham's portrayal in in Iron Fist, and. And Jessica Jones, David Tennant uh, as Purple Man or Kilgrave um, have been brilliant. The only real outstanding villain for me within the MCU in the in the film side of things has been Loki. Um, and that, that strolls through the first Thor um, into Avengers, even Dark World. He still put in a great performance, even though he wasn't the out-and-out villain in that film. I still felt that he was—he was pretty good—and um, hopefully we'll see more of that in the upcoming Thor Ragnarok. Um, but yeah, I wasn't particularly convinced, especially the complete turn. And I—I I know that's the the whole point of of what's happening—is that he he makes Peter think that he's always loved him, yet actually he didn't really care for him there was a reason why he wanted him there so and i ju- i just didn't i f- felt it was a bit harsh to be fair um talking of someone that was possibly looked at as a villain in the first film um yondo my god what michael Rooker. what can't he do um i actually met him this weekend uh, I was lucky enough to meet him at Heroes and Villains Fan Fest in London. We're going to talk more about, about that convention in the next episode between me and Tony, because we we've got a couple of conventions lined up at the moment that all include Marvel guests. But just a wonderful portrayal of what you could say is Peter's real dad. Not ego. It is Yondu for me. Yondu is brilliant. I love the whole Rav- Ravager thing. I thought all of those guys were were wonderful. Uh, Sean Gunn is again, wonderful. The introduction, obviously, of, an, of a new fan favourite in in Taserface, loved him as well. But but going back, let's look at the the guardians themselves. Again, Peter, I'm not overly sure that Chris Pratt is a lead man. Um. He definitely works better when he's got a lot of people around him, or CGI around him. But he's he's a lovable guy. There's I can't I can't call him anything but that. He's, he's very jovial in the role. No matter what, um, and he's taken on the action sequences, which is obviously something he he'd never done. We we've all seen him. Uh, looking completely different in Parks and Rec obviously now he's got Jurassic World as well and his career's really taken off because of Guardians I think if Guardians hadn't come along I don't think he'd be picking up the roles that he currently is I know Passengers with Jennifer Lawrence bombed but obviously Jurassic World was at one stage the biggest film of the year when that came out until obviously Avengers popped up again or Civil War I can't remember It was was it Civil War I think um. So, so yeah as I've mentioned I'm not overly keen on the writing for Gamora I don't think she's a particularly strong female compared to the comic book version um, it's fairly weak and hopefully something will improve with that hopefully with them being in Infinity War let's hope that the Russo's start to create that strong character that we know and love from the comic books so Drax we've covered moving on to Groot and Rocket the lovable baby Groot what can we say Vin Diesel I don't think he had a lot to do once again Um, a lot of his work was done in post I would imagine Um, but I think we have to also look at the the portrayals that are done on set, obviously there wasn't a stand-in this time for Groot compared to the first film, so that's a little bit different, but again, going back to Sean Gunn, if you don't know, he also portrays Rocket Raccoon on set, which, when you watch him, is just hilarious, he's crawling around on his hands and knees with with a green bodysuit on, a bo- green gimp suit, and it's just... Uh, just <laughs> Really strange to see. But, again, I didn't meet him this weekend, but he was at Heroes and Villains Fans Fest. He was sitting next to, to Michael Rooker, so I did see his interaction with the fans. Again, a lovely guy from what I could tell. Uh, and he really puts in a lot of effort. So, I give him his dues there. Bradley Cooper, once again, portraying the voice of Rocket. Um, A lot of work between him and Vin Diesel, I would imagine, putting the putting those roles together. So, so yeah, the the main characters I th- thought were wonderful. Um, the introduction of Nebula to, to the Guardians team for a little while I thought was really great. I love Karen Gillan. I have done ever since she first appeared in Doctor Who. Um, managed, I've met her a couple of times. Lovely lady, and I really feel she deserves a bigger role in the Guardians, and hopefully she'll get that in the second one. Again, in sorry, in the third one, we know she's in Infinity War as well, which is wonderful so hopefully they'll be build on that character um the sovereign i thought was a really clever idea um hopefully they'll be back obviously with the one of the the post credit scenes when they introduce adam warlock to the mcu which i thought was about time really it's been talked about so often and obviously in the comic books is a huge part of the uh, infinity war but James Gunn has confirmed that he won't be appearing until Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, so that's a bit sad. But it's great to have him actually introduced now. So can't say there's, there's anything bad about that. Uh, glad to see him introduced, um, and I, I really thought that it was quite quite clever to not have a physical villain as such in this one, other than obviously Ego, who plays the the part of the major villain. But I thought that the background villain. To have them kind of chasing them. With a an avatar as such. Rather than a another physical being. I thought it was really clever. Some of the, the things that I thought were. A little bit disappointed. I was disappointed that we didn't see. The collector again. Um, which was a shame. Um, the Nova Core Was another shame that we didn't see them. So. But they'll be back, I'm sure. There's rumours of the Nova Corps being in Captain Marvel. Hopefully they'll be back. The Collector, I would imagine, is going to... There's a chance that he might pop up in Thor Ragnarok, obviously. With, again, another character introduction. The one that we knew was already coming in Thor Ragnarok is the Grandmaster, played by Jeff Goldblum. Who happens to be in the comics, the Collector's brother. So hopefully we might see the Collector pop up in Thor Ragnarok alongside that, and I would imagine he will be in Infinity War, due to the fact that he has got some of the Infinity Stones. So that was great. We saw some of the characters return, some of the minor characters return from the last film. Again, we get a, a lovely cameo from Howard the Dark, which was brilliant. The, the, the other big thing, I think, um, that we got to see was that... Um, Stan Lee, his cameos have finally been explained, that he's part of the Watchers whether he's actually a Watcher we don't know, but he was seen with the Watchers at the end of the film and during the film in fact, so so yeah so I I really thought it was great, I loved and it, I hate to say that I loved it, but I thought it was really well done was the death of Yondu, um, and the whole funeral sequence um, and the as part of that, the introduction of the original guardians team uh known as guardians 3000 so that was wonderful sylvester stallone obviously playing the the leader of those guys we also saw um michael rosenbaum in amongst them and also the voice of miley cyrus which was a bit of a surprise so but i really enjoyed it um as I said it's definitely higher ranked for me it's up there kind of alongside the likes of Doctor Strange kind of Age of Ultron probably kind of slightly lower than Ant-Man and Civil War but I definitely kind of put it in in that area alongside Doctor Strange uh, Age of Ultron as I said um but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And to to take a, a leaf out of Craig's book, um, to give it a score out of a hundred, I'd probably give it about a seventy-five. I think um, it's not quite up to the to the high standards that I, I hold Disney to or Marvel to. Um, but no, really enjoyed it. So so yeah, there's my review. We've also we're gonna we threw out to to the listeners whether they had any questions for us, so so we put it out, and <laughs> weirdly, we actually got two questions from co-hosts from Diz After Dark, so the first one was from Nick, our esteemed host on, on Diz After Dark, and his question was, if you could recast any character, who would you? Um, for me, I think I've, I've mentioned it before, I wasn't a huge fan of James Spader's portrayal of Ultron, he didn't scare me, for me a villain like that should frighten you, should be imposing and for me it just felt a, a little bit weak, um, he didn't come across as this sort of overarching villain, he just kind of came across as a, as a robot, that obviously he is a robot but for me I felt that Vision Was a better side of that. And obviously. Vision's. Going to continue. Whereas Ultron. As far as we know. Isn't coming back at the moment. But we shall see. He might come back. We never know. But. Yeah he was. He was one of the. The big ones. Uh, I had a. a, Another one. In mind as well. Um, And that would be. uh, Zemo. In. In Civil War. Um. He just really didn't come across as a villain. He was just... Uh, and it's, I don't think it's anything against Daniel Brawl either. Um, I just think the way the character was written um, just wasn't as I was expecting him to be. He's nothing like um, the character in the comic books. And just, just those two, I think, are the two that I would probably have recast with a different different actor. Some, something maybe just with a bit more presence. I think both of them um, were for that reason. Um, second one is actually from a listener, Steve Wilson. Um, Which character's not yet seen or announced to appear in the MCU or in TV series would you like to see on screen and why? For me, this is this is always the character that I've looked to. And I think it comes down to the fact that we... Kind of all our superheroes have been based out of mainland USA. And I know we've now got Black Panther coming. Um, based in Wakanda, obviously, an African nation. But for me, the character that I always really want to see, and it's pr- it's probably the reason my nationality is the reason why I would pick this character, that character would be Captain Britain. I just I want to see some different just I don't even know how to describe it just maybe a different feel being a British character maybe would give him a different edge I think to what we see from American characters so so he would definitely be the, the character that I'd like to introduce and, and the final question was, um, was from another one of my co-hosts over at at Dis After Dark it would be the talented Mr Ripley um, and his question was, why has Spider-Man or Pla- uh, Spider-Woman or Plastic Man never made it to the big and small screens? Well it's interesting you should say that Chris, because in the last week or so it's actually been rumoured that Spider-Woman will be making an appearance within the new Spider-Man cinematic universe over at Sony so it looks like they have been talked about previously, I'm not sure about Plastic Man He's never really come up in talks, um or even really mentioned. So but as I said, Spider Woman looks like it's a possibility that she is gonna appear on the big screen. It was always I don't think anybody ever really knew who owned the rights to her. Because Spider Woman isn't it doesn't have the same powers as Spider Man as such. She's got she's got him from a different from a different source. Um, and things like that. And it, it was kind of confused as to where the rights lied. Or lay, even. Um, whether they were with Marvel or whether they were with Sony. So it now looks like they are actually with Sony. So, fingers crossed she is going to make an appearance there. I'm still not sure what's going on with that with that universe. Obviously, we've now had the announcement that Tom Hardy's going to be playing uh, Venom in the spinoff film. And also that the... The spin-off with Silver Sable and Black Hat has now got a name and it's now called Silver and Black. Which is the film that it's rumoured that Spider-Woman will be making an appearance in. So hopefully guys that's answered your questions on my my part. Um, so that's my review and my questions. So I'm now going to hand you over to my colleague uh, Mr. Tony Bufton.
1: Thanks Paul. So, my thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Well, I enjoyed it. Probably not coming out of the cinema feeling quite uh, as chipper as I did with the first one. Um, It's a much more plot driven film than the first one. Um, Quite a lot of sort of interesting comments on the role of family um father and son relationships and, and mother and son in fact um, in terms of the film itself the actual real highlight for me was probably the opening's credits um, the stuff with Baby Groot was absolutely fantastic um, probably even more inventive than what James Gunn did with the first one in our introduction to Peter just to have the focus be on Baby Groot with with a big battle going on in the background, it was inspired. Um, nice to see some yellow in there too. If anything, I'd have said actually that the rest of the film struggled to keep up that level of humour to my part. There were some nice sequences throughout, but I didn't feel it had the same amount of water war laughs as the first one. Um, which I thought was one of the funniest comedies I'd seen in years. Um, this one seemed to play it a little uh, more straight at times. Um certainly certainly different tone to the first one. There was certainly no moment anywhere in the middle of the film, I felt. There was anything like the um, Prison Break sequence from the first one. Um, the hilarious scene with Groot stealing the, um, the part off the wall and the joke about the false leg. Uh, for me one of the best things about this one was really the casting um particularly kurt russell as ego as peter's father i thought came and did a really good job uh it was interesting to see that dynamic and that juxtaposition between his quote unquote father role and yondu's with yondo uh, yondu obviously um, quite rightly so, proving to be more of a father than his natural one ever did. Although Ego's turned out to be, I think, one of the more interesting villains we've seen so far across the entire MCU. And it was great to see a villain whose motivations actually live up to the character's very own name. Uh, I thought it was quite nice to see Sean Gunn get a little bit more to do this time as round as well. Um, The film kind of hints that he might be having a little bit more interaction with the Guardians come, at least certainly in Part 3. Whether that will happen remains to be seen, but I thought he did have a nice little arc during the film, and the realisation that ultimately his loyalty was always to Yondu. Thoughts. thought Stallone's brief appearance as well didn't overshadow in a way that they might have done, and it'll be interesting to see if they bring him back for Part 3. But again, I thought like the first film, ultimately it's Groot, or in this case Baby Groot, that steals a lot of the movie. Um, The sequence towards the end, it was on the trailer with uh, trying to sort of defuse the bomb, I thought was priceless. And you do find yourself kind of almost working out what he's trying to say every time. Uh, One of the big highlights, I thought this one was the visuals. Uh, There were some damn good ones in the first one, but the stuff where we see Ego telling Peter his story and his relationship with his mother um, through the use of these sort of little animated museum pieces, I thought was fantastic. And again, perfectly in keeping with Ego's view of the world that everything is all about him, that um, he had such a sort of almost ostentatious plan that he, that he's created for himself. Uh, one thing that did disappoint me a little bit I don't know much about the character from the comics, but I felt we didn't really get to learn much about mantis um beyond her powers. Um, there were a little sort of subplot with with Drax was quite sweet and um, very much like a kid pulling a girl's ponytails at school that he clearly didn't feel something for her and just wasn't able to sort of convey it properly. I did quite like this one sort of the subplots well about the exploration of Peter's powers and his demigod status, and I find that interesting what that might mean for certainly the next sequel, but also for Infinity War next year, whether we're gonna see any of that come into play in any shape or form. In fact, if nothing else, the film did actually leave me really keen to see where they go from here with them in the next Avengers film or the Infinity War film, especially given that it's gonna be set four years on from the sequel to this uh, to this to this one and bringing it very much up to date in the timeline of the mcu uh, also to see what what stage we get Groot out of it i he was hinted at, in the credit scenes that he's certainly uh yeah adolescent group now uh, down has intimated that he's not i believe not going to be fully grown or, or might not even be teenage at this point still if I was to have one gripe about the movie, which sort of knocks a half off compared to the first one, it would be that it felt about 15, 20 minutes too long. I think a lot of that was down to the, to the climax and very much sort of giving Yondu three endings, it felt like. Although the sort of sequence with all the stars and all the other raiders turning up wasn't really nicely done. It did feel like it's a case of he's dead. Now let's move on to the next bit of the movie. Overall though, I did enjoy it, if I were to say that the first movie was a four and a half, this would probably be a four. Just a little less sharp for me than the first one, so I didn't laugh as continuously as the first one, but it has left me really keen to see what they're going to do with them in the Infinity War, and how they're going to interact with the the other members of the MCU that we've seen so far. So yeah, not a bad effort. Not, as I say, not as fully enjoyable as the first one but still still one of the be- better ends of the mcu entries so i guess i better move on to the questions that we posed to the listeners in the last few days um first up a question from nick branch who asks if i could recast any character who would i pick hmm interesting give me a moment okay so i'm going to cheat a little bit here and, and it's sort of a sideways recast Um, I'd like to see Ghost Rider recast as Johnny Blaze for maybe for a Netflix show. Although, I'll be honest, I can't really think at this point who I'd actually cast in the role. Um, I'll get back to that one on another podcast maybe, or I'll pop something up on the uh, Facebook page when I've actually got a name in mind. Uh, So the next question comes up from Steve Wilson who asks... Which character is not seen or announced would you like to see in the MCU at some point? Well, as I've just mentioned, I think the Johnny Blaze version of Ghost Rider would be quite interesting. season a Netflix show, maybe. Um, so we get a, a new origin story, perhaps for him, or just a redone origin story. But also then, almost, you could do it as a show where you tie it up to that point where in the start of this season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. he makes a brief appearance, or while well his feet make a brief appearance. In the show, Um, and also maybe explore the possibility that you've got two Ghost Riders kicking around at the same time. Uh, Being on Netflix, and you can go a little bit harder with the the action in the in the show than you would get with Agents of Shield's version. And tonally, then it would fit alongside the current MCU shows that we've got uh, on the Netflix network in a similar similar vein. I've also mentioned in the past. Uh, it'd be nice to see a new version of Blade. Again, probably works better now as a, a Netflix show. And now we've had the short-lived revival of a couple of years back, which uh, didn't last very long, didn't do particularly well. Again, that would almost fit alongside Blade in, in its own sort of darker corner of the Netflix portion of the MCU, dealing with the elements in the world that... that people try to ignore or not want to talk about the the things that go bump in the dark that have never really been addressed in the MCU to date. Uh, I think those two shows certainly would complement each other as part of the the Netflix umbrella. Finally Christopher asks why have neither Spider Woman or Plastic Man made it to the MCU in any shape or form to date? Um, I guess it all depends on who owns the rights to that at the moment. I don't know, it may just be that it's part of a wider problem that we've seen over and over again where reluctance to have the more female-centric comic book characters brought to the the screen. Which is quite frankly an archaic and really stupid view, unfortunately, but there you go. Uh, as for Plastic Man, well, I guess well, I don't think we'll see many interviews. We'll use the DC character, but I don't. know, I'm assuming that maybe they feel he's too much like the Fantastic Four. Uh, maybe there's some reluctance to have uh, another stretchy character on screen. Who knows? Right. Well, I think that's me done for this month's podcast. Um, just to say thank you guys for your questions, um, and to say that I'm off to a convention at the very weekend of recording after recording this. Um, where I shall be seeing some of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast at Star Fury Ultimates 2, including Gabriel Lunar, who plays Ghost Rider, of course, so that's very apt, I suppose, at the moment. Um, Hopefully I have a little bit of news on that, more news on that convention when we come back next month. Uh, So for now, I'll say goodbye, and over to you, Craig.
2: Thanks for that, Tony. That was really, really insightful. I'm so glad you shared that all with us. Right, well, I've just got back from the pictures with my girls, my wife, my Eve, and my Grace. And we have just seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Theirs for the first time, mine for the second time. I absolutely adore this film. This film is the best Marvel movie to date that they have made in the whole of the Marvel Universe. I seriously don't think they can beat it. There, there isn't... I'm, I'm not burdened with the baggage of comic books. So I take the films at their face value as what they are. Not as people geeks nerds who read the comic books and then sit there and pull the film to pieces because bits are missing or characters look different none of that's relevant to me i absolutely loved it peter quill is he's basically me i'm gonna shave myself a little peter quill beard uh and her sister what was her sister called the blue one Oh, Nebula, yeah. Them two. I love that because my two girls, even Grace, are Gamora and Nebula, constantly arguing, constantly fighting, and I'm constantly pulling Grace's brain out of her head and pulling her eye out because <laughs> she loses. Don't I, Grace? No, I don't. Okay. Um, baby Groot, just take me money. I want a Baby Groot t shirt. I want a Baby Groot tattoo. I want to just go. <laughs> At every opportunity, I just loved the little fella. Um, I'm not going to go into all all stuff throughout the film. Um, he, what's his name? The, the planet Ego, absolutely brilliant. Uh, seeing him as a young man, considering he's an old man, knowing that most of that was makeup with a little bit of uh, CGI, phenomenal. Just. Just go and watch the film. If you haven't already seen this film, just go and watch it. Me, as a 43-year-old man, without the baggage, I'm going to give this a pop-after-dark rating out of 100. Of, whew, 97. Take my money. 97 out of 100. Because they can't make a perfect film, Grace, out of 100, because I'm not in it. When I'm in it, it'll be a hundred out of a hundred. Eve, what did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two?
0: It was really good.
2: Um. Come on, uh, So <laughs> you struggling on a
0: podcast? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. It was good.
2: It was good. What was your favourite bit? Um,
0: the the I liked the beginning bit. Yeah, like the not the like. The second opening, not like the opening. opening. Yeah, the That's a yeah. yeah okay. And I liked the ending.
2: I what was I doing in the
0: ending? He was crying.
2: I was sobbing. I've had three hours sleep. Uh, I've been on nights, and it was all a bit too much. So, uh, Grace, so Eve, out, sorry, out of a hundred. Um,
0: a hundred.
2: A hundred out of a hundred. Is it your favourite superhero film? Yeah, because I haven't watched a lot of superhero films. What's coming out this week which might change your mind? One moment One moment, I want
1: to
0: go and see that.
2: Let's all burn our bras, people. Grace, what did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2?
0: Um, sad, sad, good
2: and happy. Made you sad, good and happy. Which? Who are you, Innie? The green one. You're the green one, so you're the one who always beats the sister. No, yeah. I'm What was your favourite bit of the film? Um, the beginning and... Uh, Come on. And where Peter kills his dad. Whoa! Why did you have to go dark and all that? <laughs> Let's say uh, I might edit that out, people. Well, Okay, so what score would you give it out of 100? 101. 101. So, that's all we've got to say on it. Um, go and watch it if you haven't watched it. Go and buy Baby Group merchandise. Go and buy some Baby Group merchandise, yeah. It's absolutely phenomenal. So, can't say any higher than that. High praise indeed. So now I'm going to answer the listener questions that were posted to us. Uh, Again, I'm an amateur, so I'm just going to go with what I know. Okay? Okay, so the first question in is from Nick Branch, um, the dude from... You might have heard him. He talks a little bit like he's a bit shy, but he's on Diz After Dark, Universal After Dark, and Pop After Dark. And he asks, If you could recast any character, who would you? And for this, uh, I don't really want to recast anyone in the marvel universe i'm going to go dc on this one sorry guys i want nicholas cage to play superman as kevin smith had him uh, planned when kevin smith wrote the screen play for a superman movie that was never made steve wilson which characters not yet seen or announced to appear in the mcu or in tv series would you like to see on the screen and why eh uh, oh, i literally I don't know enough about it. I'm in the dark on 90% of Marvel. Um let's have a think about this. Have we seen we've seen the Scorpion haven't we on Spider-Man. I do like the Spider-Man universe the best. So it would have to be a, a Spider-Man villain that I can't think of because I don't know enough of them so i'm very vague no the green lantern's being done um yeah yeah i'll, I'll say a, a baddie in spider-man that i don't know and i haven't done any work on this as you can tell so christopher ripley he's a little known writer from a backwater down south somewhere you might have heard him on Diz after dark pop after dark universal after dark uh he writes books you know don't you know um why has Spider-Woman or Plastic Man never made it to the big or small screens? I don't know. What are you asking me for? I'd love to see Spider-Woman because the more gay superheroes there are, the better for Gale power. All burning the bras everywhere. I think it'd be brilliant, to be honest. Weave that into the MCU somehow. I don't know who's got the rights for it. That might be a, a different discussion for a different podcast. Plastic Man... Chris seems to think that was a cartoon in the eighties. I can't remember it. I'm an eighties child. I might go, oh, if I can be bothered to look, do some detective work. I might actually, as we're talking now, bring it up on my eye device, plastic. Oh dear. Plastic man. Let's have a look at him because I can. Oh, vaguely, vaguely remember him, but why hasn't he been made? Made it onto the. Oh, he's a bit dark. He's put his fist through somebody's mouth here and killed them. Uh, I suspect the cartoon version of him was very child friendly, not like the comic book version. Yeah, he should be made. You're right, Chris Ripley. Get it done. So I'm now going to hand over to josh little joshy washy who's doing his a levels at the moment so he might not even come on after this this might be a bit embarrassing in that case i'm going to hand over to mr washington so keep support and strike like and subscribe go and share it with all your, your uh, spidey friends and all your marvel geek friends we're trying to grow the podcast we love doing it for you we want more listeners subscribe to us on Twitter, Facebook, everything else, iTunes, Stitcher, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And I am not Groot. No, yet I am actually.
0: Thank you Craig. As Craig mentioned, sadly Josh couldn't actually record for this episode. He is so busy with his A-levels. So, good luck out there Josh. I hope you listen to this and good luck with the exams. And also, thank you guys. Thank Thanks to Craig and, and Tony for that. It's, it's just a shame we couldn't do it all together. But next time, uh, I believe the next episode is going to be, it's probably going to be me and Tony as we talk about the, the aforementioned conventions, Heroes and Villains Fan Fest for me. Last weekend, this weekend coming, I'm I'm in Birmingham for Collectomania, Mania, the return of Collectomania, where I'll be meeting ming Wen. And Tony will be returning to Blackpool uh, as we went to last year. Star Fury Ultimates. It's the second edition of that, um, where they've got again. They've got Brett Dalton, they've got Elizabeth Henstridge, um, Gabrielle Luna, and Natasha Cordova from from Agents of Shield. So, so yep. So we'll be reviewing those events next next month. Thank you for listening again. As Craig said. Go and follow us wherever you can. Subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. It all helps the figures. So we really just want to get out there a bit more and, and hopefully gain some more listeners. So thank you guys and, and we'll speak to you again next month.